Cousin to Coleco, fish in Puerto Rico, back on the street like Chico. The barge he large and got a lack in the garage. God, I love that album so much. Welcome to this episode of Four Ears, everybody. Uh, a delayed episode. We took a little bit of a break. Internet, you don't know shit. We were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross, that's a good point. The internet don't know shit. Uh, yeah, so I'm Armin Hammer. That's Chase Long right there. What up? And Peeps. today we are going to be. Doing, uh, I think, something that really can only happen on shows like this. And here's why I'm saying that. Because this is, uh, this is a show in which we are going to take a look at, at two artists, specifically two of their albums, and use those things as a sort of connecting line of Atlanta rap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the artists we're going to be using are Outcast and Future. Future. And the albums we're going to be using are Aquemini mm-hmm. and hey. Dirty Sprites 2. That's right. Is that correct? Dirty Sprite 2. DS2. DS2. I have not heard a single song off of that, so I don't Ridiculous. even know. Um, but I will tell you that Aquemini is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, and DS2 is one of my favorite albums so this of is, all time. So this is going to be a labor of love. Uh, <laughs> just strap in for an hour of, of just wonderful um, you know, memory lane for both of us talking about our favorite albums and, and giving you maybe a little bit more context about how all these things relate. Because apparently, and I didn't know this, there are direct through lines between the members of Outcast. Time is a flat circle. Future. <laughs> it, is, it is a flat circle, Chase. That's that right. Correct. This is True Detective Season 4 season premiere who would have known who would have thought it's an audio podcast about rap (laughs) hbo is giving us a lot of money Money. for this (laughs) but they don't know what this actually is so uh what you guys heard at the top of the show there is called skew it on the barbie featuring raekwon which is uh a track off of aquemini um aquemini came out in 98 and it was uh let's see i wonder which album it was uh, by Outkast. I think it was their third. Yeah, third studio album by Outkast. Mm. And this is an album that really leans into some of the stranger, more funky, more soulful, more jazzy vibes that um, Outkast was kind of leaning into in their previous albums. In fact, they reference it a lot um, in some of the little skits in between songs. They talk about, you know, I, I was I was cool with like, you know, the movement and I was cool with, with all this stuff. And now he's coming out and he's looking, he's looking weird. He's looking like an alien. And like, you know, is he gay? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, um, you know, there's, there's an interesting sort of self awareness in Aquemini. And, uh, I like it because of two things. One, well, n- needless to say, the songs are great, but one thing I like about it is it's an album that is, very raw and honest in its take on the world mm. and we'll get to my favorite song on the album at some point i'm sure um but there's as someone who grew up 
in an environment that is absolutely nothing like what I'm imagining uh, the projects of Atlanta were like. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they were all, you know, upper middle class white guys growing up in the suburbs. Mm. That's about what the projects are like, right? Yeah, um, it's exactly how they are. But I really love the sort of like camaraderie, the family, the neighborhood aspect, because that is something that I grew up around. And I really enjoy seeing that and hearing that in an album like this. And uh, this is an album that gave us a couple really um, famous outcast songs. Uh, Skewed on the Barbie is one of them, but probably the most famous one that came out of this um, out of this album is Rosa Parks, and it goes something like this. Type of people made it look before. Many a day has passed, the night has gone by. But still, I find the time to put that bump off in your eye. Total chaos, but these playoffs. So we with Amps and we're taking another route to represent the Dungeon family like Great Day. Me and my nigga decide to take the back way. We stab in every city, then we headed to that back cave. ATL, Georgia, what do we do for ya? Bulldog and hoes like them Georgetown Hoggers. Boy, you signed the silly thing. My room is sitting pretty doing donuts. It's great. Uh huh. Yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, it's really good. I, I didn't know that was from this album. Yeah, I didn't know that was from this album either. The first time I heard this album, I was like, "Oh fuck!" That song that I've been listening to a lot is from this is, album. Is that from, seems to be okay. It's from this album that also happens to have a lot of other good songs on it. Yeah, I had no idea how to pronounce this album. Like growing up, I remember seeing it, but I was like, "The uh, that A album by uh, Outkast." Yeah, but yeah, the people that do Hey Ya, uh, yeah, those exactly, <laughs> exactly, and. uh I love the cover. The cover is very like uh, Black Future. 100%. You know, like, like, it's like if. Funkadelic. Um, yeah. Black Future alien shit. What's that vibe that they had in Black Panther a lot? It was like the like Black Future, Black Technology. Oh, yeah. The, I, I don't know what right? it's like, called. Like, that's though. kind of like the, the retro Black Future technology vibe that they're using for yeah. a lot of the. Wakanda um, Forever. Wakanda Forever, right? <laughs> And That's where we're going. This is the the cover for Equemini is like Black Future, but if you're looking at it from the point of view of like a pimp in the 70s, like literally, uh, they're, just, they're wearing fucking pimp clothes on a pimp throne, but there's like a, there's an alien spaceship and shit behind them, and like you know astrology symbols and shit. It's great. It's it's just the the album itself is. Um, what does the word Equemini mean? It's a mix of Aquarius and Gemini. Ah. Uh, which I'm assuming one of them, is, uh, either Big Boy, is, one of them is an uh, Aquarius and one of them is a Gemini. And a big part of the album is their relationship. Hmm. Um, is this idea of like the two of them together forever type thing. <laughs> For sure, though. Right? I, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of any anything coming in between them, like any beef between them. So, yeah. You know, they did a really good job of sort of starting out together and getting famous together and not ever really allowing that to tear them apart yeah. even to the point where they released a double album where like each of them sort of did their own separate album but they released it together and it still was awesome yeah so it was great 
I don't. I mean, it's that was my introduction, Outcasts, because I mean, I didn't. I I remember hearing like on the radio some of these songs, like Rosa Parks and um, the stuff Ms. from Jackson. stuff from Stank On Ya. Um, but I didn't really know of them. But the first album I owned by them was Speaker Box slash The Love Below, mm-hmm. and like at that point, their characters were already pretty cemented. But before that, nobody. I guess like Equimini and probably probably the AT Aliens that mm-hmm. came out right before it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably like the first introduction of like uh, a black rap character like Andre 3000 that was like super um, like walking the line of what's like um, allowable in social con- in social conscious, right? <laughs> right. Like, it was like, you know, he'd wear like tights. Yeah, is, it's like there's a lot down. of, uh, like, is it okay for this dude to be kind of effeminate sometimes? Like, is it okay for him to be rapping about things? Like, he raps about being, like, a pimp and shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of big boy, big boy does that. But, like, Andre 3000 raps about, like, girls. Mm-hmm. So you definitely know he's straight. But at the same time, he's also rapping about, like, struggling of being a human being. Yes. And I feel like at that time, the only other person that was ra- in like the late '90s, the only person that was rapping about struggling about being a human being was Eminem, and, <laughs> and his his struggles were very much like like the Eminem struggles. It was like I'm a white guy that other people hate. Why? <laughs> Whereas like Out- Outcast is like these two dudes who are like we had to fucking scrounge to put everything we own together, and people still are fucking weird with us. What the fuck? <laughs> being a human is difficult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> existence is pain existence is pain um and you know i i really enjoyed uh listening to Aquemini. i got introduced to it in college so it was like the late 2000s so mm. this album was about 10 years old when i listened to it and i would always only listen to it start to fire start to finish um you know and while there's some skippable tracks in there there's a lot of really good ones um and it really shows off how good of a storyteller uh, Andre 3000 is. I like Big Boy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's it's two very different um, rappers. Like Big Boy is like bombastic killer. Well, I guess I guess you could relate in the Killer Mike if you're familiar with like Run the Jewels. But mm-hmm. he's like he's gonna give you like quotables um, and just like hard lines. Like he's he's definitely like the the personification of like your gangster rap guy yeah. like pimp like ultra bra- bravado type of dude plus also it's very party-ish like his music tends to be more like you can like jam to it a little bit yeah more, a little it's more like, like put it on put it on you don't have to really think about it uh with andre's his is like i'm sharing with you like stuff from my diary slash journal <laughs> last night <laughs> It's like he's, he's like, know, granted, I just had an orgy with 20 women, right. but this is how I feel internally why he's, it's going on. He's like, he's like, a, it's like as if a really gentlemanly, handsome man starts talking to you in like a professional setting. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, can we like, I want to talk to you about something else and like pulls you aside <laughs> and then like pulls out his own journal and says, I'm going to start reading. <laughs> and you tell and me when like, you're uncomfortable. You're like, ah. Oh. Oh, we're not, we're not, are we in private? Can I keep listening to this? What's happening right but, now? But even from my like first interactions with them, it would have been like middle school age. I gravitated towards Andre 3000's character and, and persona more than big boys. It just, I think, I think there's something to be said about the authenticity that came from, not to say that big boy isn't really living that lifestyle, but I couldn't relate. Sure. 
Not at all. Definitely not as a middle schooler. Oh, and yeah, I can no. hardly relate to Andre 3000. Yeah. But I think I think the same thing that uh, I gravitated towards in Kanye West and artists similar to him is the same reason that I gravitate towards Andre 3000. It's like, oh, it was like everyday type of struggles, things that uh, you, you struggle to get through if you're, you know, not just like fit easily into one type of cubicle so to say like if, if you have like creative thoughts or if you just think differently than your peers i feel like you really like identify with andre 3000 yeah i i feel that way as well i, I like think, that i think that's why he has like a kind of a cult following now type of deal like people still want that that type of character where it's like big boy still puts out stuff but everyone's kind of like okay <laughs> right <laughs> we know what this guy does right and you know i think so my favorite my favorite song on Aquemini is uh i feel like it's more spoken word than it is rap in some ways but it's called liberation and it's a bit of a long song so for sure you're gonna go with y'all scared you think so no (laughs) no uh it's called liberation it goes something like this that's that's almost a nine minute song there's a whole lot of things going on in that song but uh there's there's a whole thing about you know the struggles of of being black there's the whole thing about black culture um and how it can be cannibal cannibalistic um you know sort of a lot of the same arguments that have been made since then about you know rap culture and whether it's you know advancing the cause quote yeah. unquote but as a white guy i can't i can't speak on that you know what I, mean? I, don't, I don't know enough to talk about that sort of thing right <laughs> in a strange way it's hard to believe but what i can speak on what i can tell you i relate to is something similar to what you were mentioning this idea of you know andre 3000 is so well liked because he's really authentic with what it's like to struggle as a human and it has nothing mm. to do with it being black or white it, it's just this this like human struggles of like self-doubt right and um you know, I was in I was in my like sophomore year of college or junior year of college when I was listening to this album, and that song "Liberation" was like it, maybe it was the right time, right place. But that idea of like not worrying about what someone thinks is liberation, and that's what I'm looking for, was like this really interesting way of sort of crystallizing things that I had been feeling for a really long time, and it, like it has stuck with me since then. This idea of like find li- liberation, like liberate yourself from, you know. Uh, today we talk about it with like social media. Yeah. It's like Instagram is, is enslaving us. We're, Mm. you know, we're doing this to ourselves. 
because we cannot stop from like comparing ourselves to what's going on on Instagram or seeing the best of someone else's life and all these different things. Like, you know, liberation is not giving a shit what other people think, not caring about. And so they were onto something in a time where there was no such thing as social media. Yeah. And I think now that song liberation is even more, uh, is even more prescient than it it was back then. Yeah. Like, man, that's such a good point. Like, I can't can't even think back to what day-to-day struggles, like what day-to-day things were hard before, before social media. And, and I guess the way I mean that is like today it's super easy to like feel negative about yourself because of like what you see on, on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I don't even remember what was it just humans other was it just, just other, other kids people, like yeah. tearing me down in, in exactly. high school exactly. uh, it's like getting bullied is, is one thing but imagine like you could leave school before social media you could like leave school and then you're like fuck I hate going to school but at least I'm not being bullied here yeah and then now you can leave school and then you <laughs> and get a hundred bigger loser hundred <laughs> DMs like calling you a jackass Piece or whatever of shit. I don't know I saw you look at your milk and then spill it all over your shirt you <laughs> idiot <laughs> yeah man it's like it's savage it's fucking savage no it's uh that's a good point man like I th- and I th- and I think that that might might have been like just looking at this song i forget this is their third album so they're this is right before uh the double album right uh no they had they had another this, one yeah after this they had uh they had Stankonia. Stankonia. shit my bad um which itself like launched them into the fucking stratosphere yeah bob goddamn um miss jackson bob yeah i i th- i think they're on to like what ultimately happened to to them as a group they they just straight up like hit the pinnacle of success and they're like, all right, we're done. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, but we want more. And like Andre's like, I'm gonna walk the earth. And like, <laughs> like big big boy's like, well, I'm gonna keep making music if that's like, no, we want you together. He's like, okay, fine, that thing's done now. <laughs> and I remember people really tried to pit pit them against each other in like interviews, like. Well, well, like, what's going on? Like, why can't you guys make music together anymore? Is it something that he did or something that that said or whatnot? And they never, they never, they like, never bit. <laughs> they, ne- they, they never, never were bit. like, well, honestly, Andre was always worried about his hair. And I'm just trying <laughs> to spit bars. Yeah, they never, they never took the bait to like turn on one another. I think that's really interesting to point out sort of the fact that the last time we saw them work together was the, was a movie. A movie that God Andre damn, 3000 was in like 12 years ago. The song Mighty O is fire. And I, I mean, that that's what's <laughs> crazy. It's like these guys, imagine th- like probably the last single that they released, not just the last single that did well, like the last single that they released was off of Speaker Box, The Love Below, you know, the song that no one ever can get enough of. Uh, hey ya roses. or roses. roses it's like their last singles are probably still on the charts somewhere yeah for sure that's crazy and then they just were like thank you very much everybody we'll see you later and just walked away yeah and you know i've heard andre 3000 jump on a couple tracks since then i've Can heard big boy jump on a couple tracks since then and they're they're good they're still great they're yeah. still really good at what they do 
and I think the idea of these sort of this like passing of the torch, whether or not they were just like consciously deciding, hey, we're going to move on with our careers into a different portion of our careers or like break up outcast or whatever. I think they just knew that they had done what they fucking wanted to do. Yeah. What else is there to do after you release Hey Ya and literally destroy the world? Like they broke the world with Hey Ya. <laughs> Armenian grandmothers were doing the fucking pol- shake it like a Polaroid picture. <laughs> right? Like I, I, it was it was something that like took the world over by storm. And at the, what do you do at that point? You're like, well, I could tour on this for the rest of my life or I could just make the make all the money I need off of residuals and just do whatever I want from yeah. this going on. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't really know um, of their of their financial situations. I feel like I I had read or I had heard that like Andre wasn't like super well off. Like some shit happened, but that's neither here nor there. Like the fact is that they put put together a sick ass double album and then pieced out on the entire rap community. And speaking to that song, Liberation. They didn't let any type of peer pressure, any type of incentive. I guarantee you there was shit tons of money and opportunity for them to just do one more album. Oh, for sure. And they just, they didn't just turn a blind eye to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I'm really interested in is because, and you've been, you've been basically hinting at this for ever since you told me, Hey, we should do this, this episode. You're like, dude, there's a direct connection between Fuge and Outkast. Yeah. Yeah, man. Talk so, me through it. So what what do you know of or uh what do you know about something called the Dungeon Family? I know nothing about something the, called the Dungeon Family. The Dungeon Family co- Collective. All right. Well, <clears throat> what that is is it's a Atlanta-based uh think of it as like a rapper hip hop like commune of a bunch of Atlanta acts that are basically dedicated to pushing pushing forward the genre and elevating everybody that's a part of that collective to like a higher higher degree radical right and it was basically ran not ran but um sourced i would say sourced by uh, a group of producers called organized noise and organized noise were basically the people that were producing all the beats for that atlanta sound um, I think they're probably best known for their um, for the song with TLC Waterfalls. Oh, great! So that, that sounds wow. familiar. Okay, um, they've done work with En Vogue, and they also produced all of Southern Playlistic Cadillac music. Oh shit! Yeah. So, and I think I, th- I think they did a couple things from uh, the next album after that, which was uh, AT Aliens. Yeah, I'm not sure of how much they worked on Equimini. Um but part of that group is a guy named Rico Wade. Rico Wade is Future's cousin. Oh shit. Right? Bro. But here's this is some crazy fucking But but you have to like conspiracy theory style connections you're putting together here. So you have to there's definitely an age difference um between Rico and, and Future. It's not like you know, regular sure. it's probably like whatever, a couple of generations removed cousins. Um Dungeon Family is like super well known. Outcast was like one of their best best acts that came out of there. They're all like signed, like Organized Noise was signed to LA Face or La Face, whatever that record label is called. Same one that Outcast was signed to whenever mm-hmm. they released their first two albums. Um, so 
I mean, they work with Ludacris, they work with Trey Songs, like all these big ATL acts. Um, but one of the conditions to being a part of like the Dungeon family and being able to work with them and get their beats from Organized Noise is that you had to be different. You had to be doing something that, you know, wasn't just like a chart topping song, wasn't just like a uh, poppy, you know, half ass attempt at something. Like you had to be a real artist. Um, so at first, Future shows up to the scene. And he's like, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna try to be a part of this dungeon family. I think my cousin has something to do with it. <laughs> and uh, there was just some different people at the head that didn't basically were like the gatekeepers and didn't really let him in. And at that time, Future was going by the name Meathead. Like that was his like rap name, Meathead. Interesting. I have no idea why he was called That's Meathead. A terrible name. It's funny. So I guess some time comes and passes. Someone like at the top of the organization, like left or passed away or something like that. Um, and he came back, he came back to the, the dungeon family. I was like, well, I'm going to give it another shot and see, see what I could do. And I guess he would just come to the studio like every day, come to where they were recording like every day and didn't really like ask for much. Like he would put, put out ideas and stuff. Um, and you know, just slowly started getting traction that way. Um, and then one of his first ideas that really took off was he was like, man, I really want to do do this type of track. Like, I think it'd be a really good, like, start for me. And they're like, that's a good idea. We're actually going to run with that and, and do it for Ludacris. <laughs> what? <laughs> and and Future, a young Future at the time, didn't put up any complaints. He was like, that's super awesome. Like, I'm 100% about that. And, like, from that point on, he was good with the good with the group and they started referring to him as the future so instead of meathead they called him the future then he just turned oh, that into shit. the future this so is he like put, an origin story for a superhero <laughs> yeah so he put together like a, a, a string of mixtapes that finally led to what he is now but um i think what's what's really cool about future and the outcast comparison and this dungeon family thing is like the reason Outcast is what Outcast is, why Andre 3000 sticks out like a sore thumb amongst all his contemporary contemporaries is because of Dungeon Family. Like you couldn't work in that group if you weren't in, incredibly different. Like if you if you weren't like doing something that nobody else was coming close to. And that's what he was doing. He was he was basically the 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 Frank Ocean, the Kanye West of that time. He like opened the doors for all of these acts. So it's really cool that you now have a uh, future coming onto the scene. And what does he hear? He hears like, you know, he hears the, the makings of like 808s and heartbreak, not literally, but he hears it through like outcast. He hears like the super polished version of like mega stardom through, through ludicrous. And he, and he, he knows what that is, but he can't come to the table with that. Like he can't go and do like uh move bitch get out the way and right. like have that be like his thing that comes out he has to come with something completely different so we get this weird drug induced mumble rap and that's you know love it or hate it is what future is like the father of yeah. basically he holy he, shit <laughs> he comes onto the scene and the reason why he's unique and why he uh gets acceptance is because he's doing this this thing on the mic that nobody else does for any particular reason and he does it way better and i think i think part of the reason is because his natural speaking voice lends itself to sounding like that 
Like the dude sounds like he smoked a pack of like <laughs> cigarettes for since he was like eight, and he's had his like throat ran over by like a couple trucks. Like he just sounds like I, I can't I can't do it. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So out out of this one collective, you can like source back like the roots of the different sounds that have come out of out of ATL. Huh. Um, you know. And and furthermore, like throughout rap, like I picked I picked Future and suggested Outcast because like I think those are two big big branches that that come out of ATL. Um, certainly, like the other thing that comes out that isn't really rela- related to Dungeon Family would be like Gucci Mane and all the the iterations that have spawned out of that. Mm-hmm. But is Ti Atlanta as well? Yeah, yeah. So then you have like that type of that type of sound. Uh, which is definitely like influenced by like Jay Z, I would say, and like Dipset and Killer Cam. But back to Future. <laughs> uh, so like the first the first thing that I think really caught traction for him would have been uh, let's see how far back Spotify will go for you. Uh, there we go. So go back up. Would been on. I don't know if it's astronaut status that it has it or not. Let's go with Pluto. Yeah, because Pluto, we have Tony Montana. This is uh, Pluto 3D. The original one was just him doing Tony Montana, but this is like maybe the best best example of his mumbleness at, at its best. Dude, so I I use that one as an example because I've I've heard him in an interview talking about how messed up he was on like a concoction of like uh, of of weed and codeine and uh, as they say in the industry, lean. <laughs> Just completely, he's like, man, I I knew that it was it was rough while I was recording <laughs> it, but then I listened to it the next day and I was like. I don't I don't I don't <laughs> how was I pushing those words out? <laughs> right? So <laughs> that that's that's like he found his method with that. And for me, like early future is like it's fine. It's like party music. Yeah. Um like Pluto three D is is probably the best work out of his new out of his uh like uh, out his of his early stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like the next album, Honest, was set to be something super sick. Had a lot of good features on it, um, but something just kind of missed the mark. Yeah, there's um, a lot of there's. I mean, Wiz, Kanye, Drake, Andre yeah, 3000. I mean, it's, it's star loaded. He has a remix with Lil Wayne on there, um, and it's fine. But what both those albums are missing is kind of like some substance for me. And what what we get with the string of mixtapes, Beast Mode, March, uh, not March Madness, 56 Nights, uh, Monster, is he's like 
something is something that has happened to future's personal life that has led to him being more emotional and that coming through his mumbleness and and just lyrics he started he started you know instead of playing the character of tony montana or uh whatever he was rapping about he's now like future like this is the drama of my life uh and and namely like the big thing that happened is uh as uh his he has several he has several baby mamas um but the main one was sierra and she had his son future something i forget zahir something whatever his last name is uh had a baby with her they were supposed to get married that fell through she got with the uh, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh shit! And <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, which uh, really just really messed your boy up. <laughs> oh shit! Um, but that would have Russell been, Wilson is raising future's child. Yeah, that really all kind of like happened the same year that Dirty Sprite Two came out, which I would say is his like, what is what's the word? Magnum opus. Magnum opus is the right word. Uh, so I'll go to my. I think the cut that I think you'll be most interested in is I serve the bass and just like listen to the beat and the wordplay. It's just super sick. You a fuck a bitch nigga for the fame, won't you? You'll get a pussy up to a lane, won't you? Like an old school, I redid the frame on you. I got my old shooters with me and they land on you. Word to them niggas at the six. A whole lot of lean, my nutrition. They should have told you I had to drink of me. They should have told you I brought a bank with me. They should have told you I put that molly on me. They should have told you I got that stick with me. From a drive by my niggas on the floor, I sell a five I serve the base, I serve the base. Did you understand anything you said? I understood a couple <clears> words. <throat> yeah. I like the opening line of that one. Bit. Just because it's it's I feel like it's legitimately him narrating what he sees on tour. He's just like seeing like groupie chicks, women that have committed pe- people in their life and they just throw it out the window because they have the opportunity to be with like a rich rap star. <laughs> right. And then he's also kind of like dissecting like what, what makes him different from other people like uh, in, in his position, like yeah. to like reporters, like they should have told you that, you know, I keep the Molly on me. <laughs> they should have told you <laughs> I keep the lean. Like he's, he's basically saying like, People have like this expectation, but I'm like, I really used to sell dope. Yeah, it's like I really do barely this, get guys. back. <laughs> He's like, I'm I'm the real deal, like real McCoy, um, and I have all these mental problems because of it. So I'm not really here when you're interviewing me. Um, Good job, future. <laughs> that that beat's really impressive to me. It just sounds like almost something like from uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, it is. It is a little overdriven. It's I. It's hard to imagine it as like a rap song it's one of those things like it was 2015 so yeezy had just come out or was yeah. about to come out yeah it does feel like an iteration of that right it kind of has that has that like really raw like i'm an unsung i'm a <laughs> non-song like check me out i'm unmusical it, yeah it's very it's uh i serve the bass is like the whole time and if 
if you listen to it like in your car on a good sound system or with some good headphones, you can, it's almost, um, not mesmerizing, but like yeah, trance yeah. inducing. Yeah. Like yeah. The, just the sound of it, the repetitive sound of it kind of like pulls you into a trance. So you can get why this is very much like, like people that drink lean and codeine and like <laughs> are in those types of states, why this, they would gravitate to something like this. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and it's also like deconstructing itself. Uh, I think the biggest song off here uh, is probably Where You At with Drake. I want to hear all that. I want to hear none of that. I want to hear that. Talk to me about what you need, all this shit. Fuck that shit. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas one feet. Where your ass was at, dog, with bitches didn't need. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas tried to run off. Where your ass that dog, you made me put his gun out. Where your ass was at, dog, you went to switch sides. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas spread lies. Where your ass was at, dog, I'm about to come slide. Where your ass was at, dog, and I was served by. Where your ass was at, dog, with niggas one feet. Where your ass was at, dog, with bitches didn't need. Absolutely cannot understand a word he's saying. It's incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. <laughs> the man has an entire song where all I understand is the t- title of the song I, because he says it. Yeah, I'll put it <laughs> written. I'll put it out there like like this. Um, it's an acquired, definitely acquired taste. Uh, for me, I didn't get into future until after I listened to Young Thug, right? And I I hated, loathed, dis- disrespected, and had no. No interest in the idea of mumble rap or Young Thug, whenever he was like, at a, at not at his height, but whenever he put out the Barter Six, I was like, eh, this is bullshit. I don't understand why like people like this music. It's fucking garbage. I can't understand what they're saying. And then I I I can't explain what happened, but <laughs> I was intoxicated at a party, <laughs> and I it's like, <clears throat> hmm. Like something finally clicked in my brain or I killed off enough of the right brain cells that that mumble rap. I was like, oh, shit, I can understand exactly what he's saying. And now that I can understand what he's saying. This is great. I I like this guy. Uh, So. So, yeah. Anyways, Young Thug was my introduction to future. And man, like Dirty Sprite, too. Like if you give it a shot and you listen to the lyrics you know, a lot of it is just like trap music, like gang drug related shit. But inside of there is there's there's some depth. Right. Um, but it's like death metal or like growly death metal. Like you have to you have to yeah. understand it. If something has to change in your ear for you to understand that's it. A good point. That's a good. That's a really good comparison. I don't think I would have ever made that on, on my own. Because I don't understand either of those things. I literally <laughs> I'm not that like I can't understand or connect with the music. I mean I literally do not understand a word. He might as well be rapping in like Swedish. I have no fucking clue what he's saying. All I heard was it's, where you at. That's it. Yeah. And that's because I read it in the fucking title before you <laughs> played the song. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh that song's super that song's super cool because it has Drake who is like your starter kit to rap. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Like if you were to go to the store and they sold rap like uh, music like this, they're like, "I'd like to get an introduction to rap." They'd be like, "Well, this guy's name is Aubrey Graham, but he goes by Drake. He's a Canadian, half black, half Jewish, and he talks about his feelings." Or you can go with this. 
right? <laughs> this is Eminem. He is a white guy by goes by the name Marshall Mathers from Detroit, Michigan. He talks about his problems, but in a very different way. <laughs> well, let me get let me get a sample starter kit for rap. That's this is so our starter kit. Uh, you'll find both of them in there. That's this, so fucking good. I feel like future would be in your. Uh, like your three hundred level class. Okay. Yeah, you've you've already gotten past like the you've You're gotten like, past the base. You you understand a little bit about the basics. And, and it's down the it's down the Drake pathway. So it's like Drake, and then what would be your two hundred level there? Like maybe like some Frank Ocean. <laughs> then you have Fuch, and then you have Kanye. Whoa. That's yeah. the 400 level class. That's good. Yeah, Kanye is the graduate level class where you know you show up and the professor is like. So I, uh, I illegally downloaded the textbooks for everybody I emailed it to you guys. Uh, I'm not going to see you for the next three months, but the test is later. And you guys better write a fucking book about it. So <laughs> see ya. <laughs> like, wait, what? Anyway, we're going to do we're gonna do a lot of drugs over the next few weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, let's let's go. I got I got to play one more song. And I think it's going to have to be. Uh, Oh man, yeah, know the meaning. Michael Rennie used to watch cars. Michael Wayne was a kingpin, you know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. Michael Donald niggas robbed banks and shit. Rest in peace. My granddad was a boss, he was a kingpin, you know? Got the game from them old niggas. You gotta know where I'm from to get the door, nigga. I still glad it's more weed. I'm from the police. I spent time overseas, hanging out in England. And I got the squad on my mind and the meanness. Doing a little time out the country, I need this. 56 nights, gotta know the real meaning. I dropped monster tape and had to go to Europe. Best thing I ever did was fall out of love. Skull came to me, said it, thank you, watched up. You need to go back in, show these niggas who the one. We're going back in soon as we get off tour. He had my hard drive on him when he caught the case. When they took him in custody, they took my life from him. People didn't even understand that my hard drive that I recorded all my music on. For two years straight, was on this, was on this one hard drive that Esco had, and he was locked up with it, so I had to record new music. That's when I did beast mode. I'm fresh off the plane on them day tickets. I endure. The best thing I did was fall out of love. That's some fucking Aubrey Graham <laughs> lyrics right there. That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. Dude. Yeah, he has a lyric on on this album. I forget which one it is. I think it's I think it's on I Serve the Bass, but he says they try to make me a pop star and they made a monster. He's directly referencing honest. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, man, they like the record company paid me to have all these people on it. <laughs> and I fucked it up. Because <laughs> I did a lot of drugs and I ruined my relationship by cheating on her. So I did a whole bunch of mixtapes. Hell yeah. Uh, Get some, Fuge. Yeah, if you can understand what he's saying on Know the Meaning, it's like him chronicling his entire past up until this point. Like he starts out by saying it's like... the State of the Union address at the end of the album, man. <laughs> he's like, my granddaddy was a boss. He was a kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right, it's like, oh, weird so that you called him Granddaddy." We're but starting <laughs> at the beginning, huh? Okay, at the beginning of time, there was Outcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So that's that's Dirty Sprite too. Um, a lot of party songs on here. A lot of deep songs. Um, a little bit of chuff. I would recommend skipping. Uh, like, fuck, that's hard for me to say, but I'd say like skip, blow a bag. 
skip uh, little one, and you could skip thought it was a drought. We don't even start with the first track of the album. Skip that one. I mean, you got to listen to the first one because he talks about uh, Gucci flip-flops. Great. That's yeah. really important. That's key. Yeah. It's key. If, if people that be, know the album know what I'm talking about. If you're going to be leaning, is that what it's called when you drink a lot of lean? If I you're going to be just, leaning. You're just going to be <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't do... I don't do any of the drugs that Future does. None of us I, do. That's I'm why we can one, speak like this. I'm 100% sober, but I enjoy this album thoroughly. And I enjoy the story of Future. And I don't think he does all the drugs that he says that he does now. But You think he's cleaned up a little bit? Yeah, man. And since DS2, he's like went on a tear, man. Like collab features. He has uh, What a Time to Be Alive with Drake. He has Super Slimy with Young Thug. He has... Beast Mode 1 and 2. He has this album called Evil, which is love spelled backwards, that he released during... <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about this. This was the AF, AFC or NFC Championships Yeah, when um, Seattle Seahawks, so it would have been... That's NFC, I think, right? They are pitted yeah. against Cam Newton's team, which is the Panthers. Yeah. Future released uh, either Purple Rain or Evil the weekend of that game because he knew that they would play it in the stadium and he knew that Cam Newton would bump it. He knew that Russell Wilson would have to hear it, have to hear it nonstop. And then they came out and they lost that game. Oh, and that's that's how future directly influenced the outcome of whatever Super Bowl that was because the Panthers went on to play the Patriots and get slaughtered. Oh shit. Wow. Dude. Wow. Now we're talking some weird ass fucking connections you're making here. Yeah, man. So what, I mean, I feel like I feel like I've never really heard more than a couple of future songs like and all of them have been with you sending them my way. Is yeah. there is there a recent song? Is there is there like a pop song or something that he's been uh, on? <clears throat> the most recent one that I like is this Hard Work Pays Off. This is with Juice World uh, and it's from the album called World on Drugs. <laughs> don't ask me about juice world because he's is he's a new rapper that i literally know nothing about except he's very emotional and okay. not very talented at rapping <laughs> hard work pays off they say hard work pays off i've been feeling paid i'm trying to take your dingy dick nay dog put the chopper to your head and take it off fast break take it nay dog put the chopper to your And of course, this is where Matt Fraser gets the hard work pays off. <laughs> Hashtag HWPO obviously yeah man um i wouldn't point towards i mean juice world this whatever the fuck this is world on drugs is fine 
his last solo effort, though, would have been Beast Mode 2, which I thought was mostly forgettable. So take that for what it's worth. This is probably the last thing that was worthwhile listening to. Hendrix and Future. Mm-hmm. The dual album, it was, you know, uh, he released Future, which was him all rapping over trap style beats. Um, I think it would have been like in February of 2017. And then a week later, out of nowhere, he released Hendrix, which was an all R&B influenced, you know, him doing the chorus type of deal album. So he basically did Scorpion before Scorpion. Yeah, but he did it well. And then both of them were number one. And he's like the only artist that's ever done that. Only rap artist that's ever done that. Good job, Huge. Yeah. Congratulations. Really taking that. It's like victory by technicality. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen, a win is a win. 100%. I mean, it goes in the record books as he's the first person to do it. Fuck yeah. All right. So there you go. That's your your strange path through the history of Atlanta rap. Rico Wade. Twin Pines. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good because most of the people listening to this know that, recognize that. It is... uh, and it's a connection that that Andre three thousand is is aware about. It's a connection that Future is aware of. Um, Young Thug's aware of it. You know how they're all kind of like interconnected, and they all have like mutual respect. That was something that was really shocking for me. Um, is that Andre three thousand listens to like Young Thug? He listens to Future, and he like thinks there's value in it. So like. If your favorite rapper like thinks something's good and of quality and authentic, there's probably something there. Um, and I think that's why, for me, Future and Young Thug and um, I guess no one else from that type of mumble rap scene like really stick out. Like when Designer hit the scene, like I didn't give a shit about Designer because it was like... I've heard the best of the best of this already. There's yeah, I've no heard reason, the best right. of the best. You're just a, a, a clone of this. Um yeah. So I guess I guess if you're going to get your mumble rap, go to the source. And and to sort of just bring this back full circle, um, we'll we'll go ahead and close out the show uh, with a song off of Aquemini that was also written and produced by Organized Noise. Whoop whoop. And then we we already started the show with Skewed on the Barbie, which was written and produced by Organized Noise. But we're gonna go ahead and finish off with uh, Return of the G, which goes something like this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes like this right here. It's like, uh, niggas always be hollering peace, you know what I'm saying? Peace, my brother, peace this, peace that, you know what I'm saying? But every time I I, uh, try to get a peace of mind, niggas try to get a peace of mind. So I got to grab my peace. It's the return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that's on that blow that run up in your crib, which contains your lady and an eight one old child race. Plus you true blue about this music, but they do not wanna hear because they'd rather be bouncing and shooting and killing and bouncing and shit. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that think y'all soft and say y'all be gospel rapping, but they be steady clapping when you talk about bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed. Let's talk about time traveling, round javelin, something mind unraveling. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy out, but not enough to bounce them kids to the door to the park so they grow up in the dark never seeing light so they end up being like your sorry ass robbing niggas and broad ass they like get down return of the gangster gangster the niggas who get the wrong impression of expression then the question is big but what's up with andre is he in the coat is he on drugs is he gay when y'all gonna break up when y'all gonna wake up nigga i'm feeling better than ever what's wrong with you you get down
I fucking love that song so much. <laughs> I hope that's on there. <laughs>